RNZ National. Friday afternoon means time for Critter of the Week. I'm joined by Nicola Tookie, Chief Executive of Forest and Bird. Hi, Nicola. Kia ora. You and I have an exciting and important job to do soon, which is to hand out some money. $5 from every Critter of the Week t-shirt and tote bag sold gets given back to conservation causes, as chosen by you and me. And all we need to do is uh, have people email us if they're involved in a volunteer group, a non-profit group, and they need some cash to continue trapping or weeding or planting or whatever. And just has been a small clerical error, my end, Nicola, and I'd just like to invite anyone who's already sent us an email asking for funds to perhaps just resend that email to us. Don't need to go into a lot of detail about why. Just, uh, yeah, if you know someone who's applied for those funds, just tell them to resend that email. It's not that an original batch of them got deleted or anything. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, but, yes, do just get them to resend that to us. That would be excellent. Yeah, because, you know, it's important for us to have things reiterated to us. And, of course, a workman would never blame their tools. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is we're running Microsoft Outlook and it's taking a bit of getting used to. Um, hey, you must have had a really, really busy week. Yeah, this week has been uh, bonkers madness in the best way, obviously, with, with Bird of the Century. Mm. I don't know, did you notice? Did you notice Bird of the Century? <laughs> the, the, uh, there's been nothing else. It's 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 hogged the, the, the news agenda in the limelight. I guess while um, coalition talks continue to happen, it's um, there's not much else to talk about. And so Bird of the Century, not to mention the John Oliver whole international connection. Have you had international media interest? Oh, so much. In fact, we've had three of us uh, simultaneous interviews for the entire week uh, here in New Zealand, but uh, in particular overseas. So I think my last one on Wednesday night in the um, was with the BBC, and it was at the New Zealand end about 11.30 at night. Oh, my gosh. Late for me. <laughs> uh, and I, Thanks to um colleague, actually who's a former colleague of Lynn, uh, who, who was running interviews at the same time. And I said, you know, Lynn, I took one for the team by taking that late interview because I'm the boss. And, you know, if anyone's going to do the late interview, then it's been me because, you know, I'm in the big civil chair. And she went, actually, I was on RNZ talking to Media Watch at the same time. <laughs> All hands on deck. <laughs> Answering the world's many questions about bird of the century, and, and but I've said this before, like you're gonna to have to work out how to top it next year. I, bird of the bird of the year got so much coverage last year. I was like, oh, they'll never maintain that interest. And then John Oliver does a whole segment about it. So you know, it's back to the drawing board for 2024, Nicola. Maybe you should just put a full stop on it and say, hey, it was great. It's been as big as it's ever gonna be. Let's come up with a new idea. I mean, at the stage of tiredness that myself and the team are at at the moment, we'd probably be quite tempted with that. But I, I think that the, the New Zealand public would not stand for it. It, <laughs> it would be a bit like when uh, RNZ um, suggested that they might get rid of the bird call. And, <laughs> and look, I, I expect that by this time next year, who knows? We might still be in the middle of coalition negotiations, and there'll be opportunity and room to take the space in the media as we have this week. So. <laughs> hey, um, well, maybe maybe you need to do a Beatle of the Year because we don't often talk about Beatles, beautiful as they are. 
Oh, we don't often talk about Beatles, and this one is perfectly chosen because it's the Alexander Beatles, uh, which is only found in Canterbury. And shout out to all my fellow Cantabrians today because we're all on a day off. Whoa, right. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's okay. So I don't mind fronting up for Critter of the Week on my day off. Thank you, Uh, thank you. And 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 why wouldn't I? Because the Alexander beetle is one of those creatures of ours that is spectacular in terms of how it looks. It's got this beautiful iridescent green uh, carapace or shell. Uh, and oh, beetles are something uh, that I do think people have an affinity for. And to, you know, if you think about critters as a as a kind of grouping. Uh, slugs and snails, not so much. Yeah. A lot of people, spiders, no. But beetles, people tend to be relatively okay with that. Yeah, they've got a bit of a, um, a steampunk quality, don't they? <laughs> I think you're right, they do. Uh, and, uh, you know, they are something we've resonated with for a long time because carabid beetles such as this, of course, um, were kind of objects of fancy for the ancient Egyptians and that kind of thing as well. So, um uh, in fact, just to give you a sense, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but we we have a, um, a, a enormous amount of beetles in the world, 350,000 beetle species in the world. Uh, and of those, 10,000 of them are found here in Aotearoa. Really? And scientists reckon that essentially one out of every five known animal species on Earth is thought to be a beetle. <laughs> That's cool. Great stat. Which is really cool. And you can imagine them kind of tallying it up, right? Like lion, bear, aardvark, beetle, fish, dolphin, you know, uh, beetle. Yeah. <laughs> And because there are so many of them, they inhabit nearly every ethical conceivable niche across the world and they make the most of all sorts of resources. Um, just to be clear, carabid beetles are the ones um, that have the, you know, the, the, the big hard shells, they're ground beetles essentially. And this one, the Alexander beetle, is from the Megadromus genus, Megadromus antarcticus. Uh, and it is, as I said, easily um, identified due to its lovely green colour. Uh, it's also specifically adapted for running with long, slender legs. So I could never be an Alexander Beetle. <laughs> You've got lots of, of other qualities, reasons. yeah. You've got lots of other qualities. I just don't think anyone's ever going to say, oh, that's obviously someone who's been built for speech. <laughs> horrible thing to say. You'd already made fun of yourself. Didn't need me to add, add anything. As you no, were, I think Nicola. it's fair to say I am not specifically adapted for running. <laughs> uh, and I am very comfortable with that. Uh, but I am. Uh, I suppose the thing I do have an affinity with is uh, the Alexander Beetle is a hunter. So they are pretty um, impressive hunters because they are um, used to having to chase down their prey. Mm. They also, though, get hunted. So these are, um, to me, they're really special because, A, they're found here in Canterbury. And um, in terms of that, they're basically found... Uh, from not far up the road from me, actually, oh. northern Waikari, across Banks Peninsula, Timaru, and, and actually along the, the Southern Alps. But they are sightless, and so that makes it all like many of New Zealand's species. Re- 
really difficult for them to move between habitats. And in Canterbury, of course, we've had so much fragmentation and destruction of habitats because, of course, we have these beautiful, uh, large, sleeping uh, flat plains with turned into um, So uh, not only are the paddocks a challenge for them, but, in fact, the um, braided rivers are also a challenge for them mm. because... They can't really deal with the swimming across them. <laughs> Even if they do have lovely long slender legs, they're not built for swimming. Yeah. Uh, so we have to kind of keep a bit of an eye on them, and we should because one thing that I do love about these beetles is that they are attentive parents, and so they lay eggs in little chambers under the ground, and they will not leave those chambers to feed until all of those eggs have hatched. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, yeah. and plenty of eggs too. I've got the fact that you've sent through here. A New Zealand study found that a pregnant female caribou could have up to 80% of her body mass taken up with eggs. You'd know all about that, wouldn't you? Ah, uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that a uh, pregnant female caribou and, uh, and, and, and an expectant uh, female kiwi could have a conversation or two about <laughs> the difficulties. Yeah, the that'd be a heck of an antenatal group. <laughs> Except, of course, the kiwi would probably eat it. Uh, but yeah, um, we know that overseas caribids can can lay up to a hundred eggs at a time. But New Zealand species tend not to um, lay that many eggs. They have far fewer eggs, and their development um, really depends on the climate. So you know, in um, while we don't know much about what the larvae, the, the you know the other version of the beetle gets up to and what happens with their lifestyle, um, we know that their development slows down in really harsh climates, which probably makes sense. And we think that these ones probably take about a year to develop into a fully adult beetle. They do, however, have a very high mortality rate. So they either get parasitised by other invertebrate things. Yeah, um, wasps and, this and one things. Hey, yeah, and then and mites, that kind of thing, or uh, they can be eaten by other invertebrates uh, in their larval stage. Certainly, as adults, they definitely get feel the crunch from predators like hedgehogs and rats because, of course, the size uh, for a snack, one of those, and, and their size is um, about about as long as a paperclip, just a tiny bit longer than a paperclip, so two to three centimeters long. Oh yeah. Okay, so just they just look like a little lunchbox uh, for our uh, small mammals roaming around looking for a feed, and but also the flying mammals, the the ruru seem quite keen on eating them too. But at least they would have uh, adapted to have some protection or escape route from a from a ruru, which they wouldn't have from uh, ground based predators. Well, and it's the cumulative impact, right? So if your habitat is fragmented to the extent that you can't really wander over to the next beetle and you're getting smashed by hedgehogs and rats, uh, then the impact of a ruru is far more significant than it would have been if you were just getting attacked by a ruru. So, um, I mean, I'm sure it's significant for the individual beetle involved uh, who becomes a, a beetle bento box for a <laughs> passing ruru. But... <laughs> But from a population point of view, uh, uh, the cumulative impacts of the predators and the habitat loss is the usual recipe uh, for the things that drive our beautiful species 
and towards the edge of extinction. So for all of those uh, volunteer groups out there seeking critter funding who now need to write to us again because reasons, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe there's someone out there who's doing their bit to protect the very beautiful Alexander Beetle on yeah. behalf of the people of Canterbury. Yeah, I'll give that email address, um, although you've probably got it already, seeing you've already emailed us once. Just um, re-forward it to jesse at rnz.co.nz. Um, we haven't talked much about the appearance, um, but uh, you can check it out on our website, rnz.co.nz slash jesse, and it really is a wonderful-looking beetle. Um, your job, Nicola, as always, is to rate its attractiveness on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, um, and it is a wonderful-looking beetle. It is a wonderful photo, actually, so mm, I highly is. recommend you, you go and look at that one. Uh, it's been described as a well-proportioned beetle with some you know, impressive mandibles, and it has, well, I've described it as green iridescent colour, but it kind of looks like someone tipped petrol on it. Because it's yeah, got, it does. And also, don't try that at home. Uh, but it's <laughs> got that kind of, you know, yeah, that sort of oil, oil slick. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, based on that, I'm going to give it a seven. Feeling generous today. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, listen, it was a delight to interrupt your long weekend. Um, thank you <laughs> for uh, joining us today. And uh, people can check out that beautiful Alexander Beetle on our website, rnz.co.nz slash Jesse Nicola Tuki. Thanks for another fantastic Critter of the Week. Thanks, Jesse. I was going to say that um, I emailed you to let you know that I was on a long weekend, but you probably would have deleted it. So. <laughs> 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 Just too, too close to the bone, that one. Uh, thank you. Time for Wallace Chapman in the panel.